everybody. Uh, how good is it to be able to celebrate Johnny's baptism tonight? Uh, it's entirely fitting. I don't think this was planned, but tonight's passage is filled with hope of new life. And tonight we got to celebrate new life as we got to see Johnny baptized. And so keep 1 Thessalonians 4 open in front of you. Uh, it's a rich passage. It's probably one of the most hopeful passages in Scripture. So I look forward to opening it up with all of you. Now, they say that there are two things in this world that you cannot avoid, taxes and death. Now, that is not true because there are some very clever ways in which you can avoid tax. (laughs) Some of you might know very well. (laughs) But no one's been able to figure out death. I did a quick Google search on death, not the most specific thing to enter, but this is what a few people have said about death. Death is a challenge. It tells us not to waste time. Or, it matters not how a man lives, but, sorry, it matters not how a man dies, but how a man lives. Or this one. Maybe all one can do is hope to end up with the right regrets. They all sound profound, don't they? Like you should print them out below a picture of a sunset and frame it and hang it up against your wall. But as profound as they sound, in one way or another, they're all saying this. We can't work out death, and so make the most of life. Because for this world, death is the end. No one knows what's on the other side. And so if that's the case, what do you do? Well, you make the most of this life. If death is that barrier exam that everyone will fail, if it's that mountain that no one can conquer, then you make the most of the here and the now. And when death does come, well, you try and find hope in all sorts of things. Hope in the life that was lived, maybe in the legacy that we leave, possibly in the love that we've shown or maybe in the good that we've done. Which is actually what you hear if you've been to the funeral of someone who isn't a Christian. I've only been to one such funeral. And let me say, that was probably one of the hardest things I've been to. Because even though we celebrated his life, the pain was palpable. And especially for the family. Because as we heard those words, they had a good innings. They lived life to the full. It did give some relief, but that relief was short-term and short-lived. Because for this world, there is no answer to death. And I think everyone here has felt that too in some way or another. Because death in some way has touched us all. It could be friends, It could be family. There's something about death that touches into our very being. Yet despite the pain of death, there is something strange about Christian death, isn't there? I was at a funeral a few weeks ago. A close friend from college and their child had died at 32 weeks. And so we cried with them and we mourned 
Yet there was this odd thing that at the memorial service, we were somehow strangely encouraged as well, that even though we had never met this girl, we were reminded that she will rise and we will see her again. Because somehow the Christian in the face of death has hope. And it's because the Christian has the answer to death. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today in 1 Thessalonians 4. It's a passage that's filled with hope of new life. And so my prayer tonight is that you will be encouraged, that you will know once again the hope of life after death. So there's three points on your outline. I don't think I've ever given a talk with four points. So we'll start with the first one. Christians have great hope. Now, it's worth mentioning that the Thessalonians had a slightly different issue to us today. Often we think that because Jesus hasn't returned, it's been 2,000 years, that maybe he possibly won't return. But the Thessalonians had the reverse problem. They were within a few decades of Jesus' resurrection. And so they were expecting Jesus, well, to return at any moment. In fact, they were so expecting him to return that they were faced with this problem. That if Jesus was going to return at any time, well, what's going to happen to those who have died before he comes back? Will they remain dead? What will happen? You kind of see it there in verse 13. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. Now, it's not a problem we really feel, but you can kind of imagine it's a hard place to be in. It's kind of like if you're not a Christian and you don't know what happens after death, and there's this uncertainty. But Paul wants to reassure them that those who are asleep, another way of saying that those who have died, that they're not going to miss out, that in fact they will rise again from the dead. And so verse 14, we can be sure of this, that since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. God raised Jesus, and he will also raise those who trust in Jesus. And it's really just the gospel. But it's an incredible truth here. He has raised Jesus before, and he will also raise us. And so it means that those who have died, they won't have to miss out which is actually an incredible answer to death. Because it's something that the world cannot give us. Death is a challenge. It tells us not to waste time. It matters not how a man dies, but how a man lives. In moments of death, those words don't give comfort. The legacy we leave, the good that we've done, they do give some relief, but that is short-lived. But in the gospel, Christians do have comfort because there is hope in life after death. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't grieve. Death is a tragedy, no matter how you look at it. Grief is right. And until Jesus returns, most likely the grief that we feel will stay with us until he comes back. But it is different from the world. There are better words to say than that their life was well lived. We can say that we will see them again, that they are with the Lord, and that we will be there one day too. 
And so death isn't that mountain that no one can conquer. Jesus has conquered it. And those who trust in him will also be resurrected. Billy Graham died earlier this year. And boy, what a life he lived. He was a spiritual advisor to 12 US presidents. I worked out this morning that I can't even name 12 US presidents. <laughs> Apparently, over 3.2 million people came to accept Jesus as their personal saviour at his crusades. Now, if death was the end, it, then it was a tragedy that he died, that such a life was brought to an end. Yet he himself knew that death was not the end. His last will was made public a few months later, and this is what he said. This is what he wrote to his family. When you read this, I will be safely with Jesus in paradise. I will be awaiting the reunion of our family in heaven. You can only say that because of the gospel, because you have assurance of life on the other side. We have the answer to death. And so therefore we can have great hope. And it's this hope that Paul goes on to talk about because he paints this wonderful picture of what will actually happen at our resurrection. And so our second point, all Christians will rise. Verse 15, For we say this to you by a revelation from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. It doesn't matter if you're still alive when Jesus returns or whether you've died. Why? Because this is what will happen. Just try and imagine it. Verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and the, with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. We will hear a voice the voice of an archangel, and it's like Jesus' return is being announced to all. And we will hear the trumpet of God, which will signal the dead to rise. And everyone we know who has died will be there, who has trusted in Jesus will be there. It could be that we will be there if we have died before he returns. And maybe that we're alive and watching. But if we're still alive when Jesus returns, we won't just be spectators because we will join with them in the air. And it's this wonderful picture of a welcoming party. Now, there are some amongst you today who love the royals. Not all of us. There are some who are like my sister. She loves the queen. In fact, she signed up to Netflix just to watch The Crown. She's got three young kids. She's pregnant with a fourth. And I guarantee you that if the queen comes to Australia, she's going to lug the whole family into the city just to get a glimpse of her. Some of you are like my sister. If royalty comes, you will pack the streets. Uh, if that's a bit difficult to relate to, some of you, uh, it's better to imagine that, uh, imagine if the Socceroos had won the World Cup. Now, for some of you, that could be quite hard to imagine. <laughs> but when they come back, there will be a parade, there will be streamers everywhere, the whole nation will stop as we celebrate their return. But that won't even compare to when Jesus returns. 
when we welcome our master back because there will be all believers from all time and we'll meet Jesus in the air and we will welcome him as he comes down to earth to judge. It will be the day when Billy Graham is reunited with his family. It will be the day when my friends from college will finally get to know their unborn child. It will be the day when friends and family we know who are no longer with us but trusted in Jesus, it is the day that we will see them again. And it will be glorious. But it will be even better than that. Because look at verse 17. We will always be with the Lord. It won't just be with each other, but we will physically be with our Lord Jesus Christ forever. And so therefore, verse 18, encourage one another with these words. In many ways, verse 18 is quite straightforward. There are practical things about belonging to the day of the Lord that we'll get to next week. But here, in the face of death, Paul wants us to encourage each other with these words. That because Jesus died and rose again, we will rise again. And we can look forward to when we will rise again. And we all need to speak these words to each other. Because the more we go through life, the more we will face death, and the more we will need this encouragement. And so we can use these words, Jesus' resurrection and therefore our resurrection, the hope of life, we can use these words to encourage one another. And these words aren't just confined to moments of grief. Because grief is hard, and grief is complicated, and in moments of grief, we need to feel the pain of the loss. But I think what Paul is talking about here is about speaking about the resurrection all the time. And as we keep doing that, it actually prepares us for the hard times. It prepares us so that when death does confront us, our foundations are actually in the gospel. And it's especially important because I think the danger is that we forget about the resurrection, that it's something at the back of our minds, kind of like those to-do list items that we never get around to doing. But we actually need each other to bring those truths forward. And it can happen in small ways. For example, after tonight, maybe over dinner, you could ask each other, what's one thing you look forward to in the new creation? Now, it's not something we usually ask, but the danger is that we forget this truth, and so we actually need to work against what we naturally do. One thing I've noticed is that as we sing, the resurrection keeps coming up in the songs we sing. And so as we sing, we actually do encourage one another. But maybe it's worth sharing those encouragements. Maybe share something that you've been encouraged by in the song that you've sung. Again, not something we usually do. But here we have such a rich truth. We have rich words to speak that Jesus died and that he rose again. That we don't need hollow words that we have more to say than someone lived their life to the full. The dead will rise. Those who are still alive will be caught up with them in the clouds. And we will meet Jesus. And we will be with him forever. So therefore, 
encourage one another with these words. Let's finish in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that death is not the end, that Jesus has conquered death and that you have raised him from the dead. We thank you that we can have hope that in Jesus that we will rise again. And so we pray that we will keep encouraging one another with these words, that in moments of grief you will bring them to mind, but also that you would use us to speak to one another, to prepare us for those hard times, so that when they do come, will have foundations in the gospel. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.